Derek, you know, I, I think that, you know, you've been around this for quite some time. Um, I, I know we didn't even mention open source and what you're doing. Nats is what in the CNCF uh, continuum now, is that right? Yeah, so, so Nat started life as an open source MIT project that I designed uh, to power, you know, the, the system uh, Cloud Foundry while I was at, at VMware. And I think it was about two plus years ago or so, I, I might be off a little bit on timing, where um, we got pulled into the CNCF, right? So we're an Apache 2 CNCF uh, official project. Um, and I was part of the original governing board, the founding governing board for the CNCF. So I believe deeply in what they are, you know, trying to do, um, and it's it's not easy, right? And if you look way way back, you see the evolution of closed to open, and then of course you went from open, but what license? And now we're in this open, what license and what you know governance body are you you part of? As kind of the again that cool cool kids table type stuff. Um, but you know, making making money on open source is is a huge um, challenge. Yeah, and so that's something that that I've been struggling with um, from the rack end side because we started our journey with Digital Rebar, which which doesn't have the footprint at all of what you're doing because it's really you know physical infrastructure automation stuff. Um, but you know, still people have this expectation um, because Cobbler's free and you know Foreman is sort of free. That, yep. that they're just going to get open this stuff open source, um, and we started our journey doing sort of full open, moved to full to open core, and then we just flipped it to be um, open ecosystem proprietary core, um, open APIs. Yeah. You know, when we were at Absera, I mean, the reason that um, you know we decided to kind of um, you know say okay, you know, we're, we're going to move this thing uh, wholly into to Ericsson was me watching the consumer bias around deployment technologies, right? And so Kubernetes had come along and, uh, you know, AppSera was closed source. Um, it did some, I think, truly amazing things. We've got some great comments from, from people in the know um, after the fact. Um, but I was watching the consumer bias quickly shift to what you're saying. Hey, we expect this to be free. Um, and so- <laughs> And free is, free is the operative word, not open. Right. Yeah, it, it is. And people, you know, uh, so I'll probably get flamed for this, but, you know, open source is and the license and the governing body has almost become like a religion. And, you know, there's, you know, not so great things with uh, religious debate. Right? And is flaming you for saying it's a religion, then come on the show. We'll, we'll let you we'll let you rant <laughs> us on your soapbox. But um, it's but when, when we were at Sarah, someone asked me, this is probably four, four and a half, five years ago. And I said, look, I said, you know, you can make this question very complex, but I try to make things really simple so I can understand them. And I, at the time I said, and I still believe, I truly believe there's only three ways to make money on open source. Um, you know, bundle it with hardware, which is the easiest, believe it or not, from a People will pay you because the consumer bias is if it's physical, I have to pay for it. That's still rooted, right? So bundle with hardware, run it as a service, or augment it with a service, which is actually, I think, the biggest opportunity for for um, OSS that's all software. In other words, you can't, you know, there's no opportunity to bundle it with, with hardware. Yeah. And we actually tested the running it as a service and failed because 
people are like, why? It's so easy to run. There's a Docker image. We click it. We don't monitor it. It just uh, this is this is this is the the open core argument that I want to have. Um, yeah. Well, see, I don't believe in open core either, and and that's probably also going to get me some flames from from the audience. But I, the, the reason is that I'm not saying it doesn't work today. What I'm saying is is that open core is the same thing that premium enterprise just repackaged, and that failed. So I think uh, what the reason is, is all of this stuff that you say, ooh, I hold on to this piece as the core and then I wrap other stuff around it, you know, that's that's proprietary. I think it'll go the same way as premium enterprise. Now, I've been told that- We did, by the way. So I- Yeah. I mean, so we should, we should drill into this. Yeah. Today, I'm just saying long-term, I don't think that's a business model. Now, people argue with me and I agree with them that they go, well, your version of that is augment with a service. And I say, that's fair, but the bias from a consumer or a user's perspective, it's extremely different. The thing that I'm running on my computer is totally open source, right? There's no parts held back. But, ooh, if I connect it to this cloud service, it becomes better for some reason, right? It, it collects all this data anonymously and it can tell me when something bad might happen or, you know, anomaly detection or whatever, you know, that kind of stuff. And so augment with a service for me is, is, the biggest one. So to give you an example, NAT is open source. Streaming, which we have, is open source. Jetstream, which is our new version of all the streaming and message queues and work queues all in one package, all open source. NGS is running it as a service. But again, if we're just running one server for you, like a silo tech, nobody would care. But we're running a global network that's a Dalton that's available in every cloud provider, every geo. That's kind of interesting. Then if we say, hey, there's services now that are running inside of this network that you can import and pay for that, for example, let's say you pay five bucks a month and you get a thousand key value pairs that you can store from any application connected to the network, any cloud provider, zero trust, encrypted, blah, 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 that you'll pay for. And we might not open source that service how we do it. So then if you come to me and say, oh, we really like it, but we have to run it on-premise, we have to run our own version, then I can license that software to you because I don't have to make that open source. So that's kind of my play on open core. If you're really saying augmenting a pure you know, open source component with a service or additional services that are usually considered quote unquote cloud services, mm-hmm. that I believe it. The, 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 the open core that really is freemium enterprise, I, I don't believe it has longevity to it. That's all. So, so let, me, let, me, let me give you some... I, I, I like your model and I, I actually think you could flip what you're, how you're describing it and be very aligned to what I'm saying I think is a reasonable model because what, you've, what you're saying is that there's a, 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 the platform that you've built, NATS is in the ecosystem of that platform and what you've, what you've got and you're building on. I mean, the, one of the things that's great for you is that you've, you've got a, a, a current, and this is one of the places open source works really well is where you get critical mass with something that people have. And then, and then that changes the economic equation when, you, when you've built an audience for a, a component um, in this case. But Nats is really an ecosystem component for your service in that case. And you're not open sourcing the service. So you've got a, a, a closed platform with an open ecosystem and you're taking advantage of Nats as a client. That's totally fair. And uh, the, the point that, that I might just argue is, is that when you download the source code to the server and you build your own and you run it, 
That's the exact same thing we're running. There is no proprietary additional code. We don't run special server. We might have scripts that figure out how to deploy it and how to monitor it. But again, all the monitoring stuff is also all open source. So from day one, every single component in a NAT system is monitorable. You can put it on a Grafana dashboard, whatever you know you care about. Right, but but I mean, to me, there's a, there's an extent where some of that's monetizable because somebody wants to mimic your your expertise, and you might sell that as expertise. You might just give it away um, to, as because it it continues to extend the ecosystem, which does create additional value. Um, True. One of one of my problems with Open Core, there's <laughs> one of them is that the the pure open people hate it. And so if you do open core, whether it's the right thing or not, you draw fire from the, the religion, the people who have the religion. Um, and and they'll tell you you're a bad business person if you can't monetize pure, straight open source, which I seriously object to the pejorative component of that. Um, just I don't think it helps the debate. But on the other side, my, my concern is that open core has a tendency to people say, well, just, you know, if the software is crappy, but valuable, then you're going to make money supporting it. Then um, that sucks. And, and so it's like, come on, the, the, any business model that says I have to build a bad product for, to, it, it, to, and sell you the, the, the medicine to cure it, oh, no. I, I, I have a problem with that. I had a huge problem. I've always had a problem with it, but I actually, even in my 20s, stood up against, um, you know, it, you know, executives. And so at the time that said, you know, the documentation needs to be, you know, 400 pages more and you need to make it more complex. And all. I said, no, that's that's wrong. And I, I equate it. I, I, by the way, you and I are totally aligned on this one. Uh, I equate it with our healthcare system versus China. In China, you pay the doctor when you're healthy. Open source, if people really looked at open source and said, we're going to pay support, let's say that's a business model, because the software works, because it just never <laughs> failed, it worked, it instead right. of saying, I'm going to pay you for when something happens to me and I need your help. But that's going to be a while for that bias to change. But I've, I've gotten on my soapbox and said, you know, this, this bias around support is, you know, for the customer is just wrong. And it's, again, I just say it's exactly like the, the, the way we approach healthcare in the U.S. versus, you know, in, in parts of Asia where it's like, no, no, when you're sick, the doctor's not doing his job. And so you don't pay him anything then, but you pay him when you're well. And, and I wish people would really take that to heart. That, and that, that to me, the, I, I think that's a great argument. I, I look at it as an intellectual property component from this perspective. And, you know, right now in open source, people give away their, their intellectual property. Um, and then they don't, they, there's no, we've, we've been disincenting two things. One is actually give, you know, that intellectual property and you recovering the, the research cost and the development cost for that. But then we're also disincenting people for making it really easy to use and powerful, right? You need to do that to build a community. I mean, I'm, I'm watching our, you know, our statistics for our stuff. And we have people who are using an 18 month old version successfully still. And every time we go through, we try and make the product easier to use. And, and that's, that's our core value because it's operational software. It has to be resilient and, and easy to use. So the core was getting better and better all the time without any, which is intellectual property. Full stop. I totally agree. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, 
you know, I pride myself on that. Um, you know, I, the systems are resilient. They self heal themselves. They treat them like cattle, not pets. The API but, and, and I, I love it. And we've had people sit on the Slack channel. Don't say anything. We can tell they're there. Well, in the old days, we tell they're there. And then like two months later, they go, oh, by the way, we just rebuilt our whole backend system with this. It took us two months. Thank you guys so much. Yep. Now, that actually is, you know, part one of the result I want. <laughs> you know? um, but part two would be, hey, if it's really valuable to us, pay us. You know what I mean? You're getting value out of this. Don't make mm. us do some things and unnatural acts to force you to to pay for it. Um, you know, however you want to. There's the frustration. That's right. Oh yeah. And I would love. And I mean, we have so many Fortune 50 companies right now that are slowly coming to the table, but they've been running in production now with with our stuff for years. And I, I, I've said, I'm not going to make it more complex. I'm not going to make it crash. You know, I give away signed $20 bills every time the server crashed. It crashed <laughs> just the other day. And that was the first time in four years. And I've given out four $20 bills. Not saying it's perfect software. And I'm sure people will crash it left and right. But it just works. And I'm, I'm, I don't want to okay. feel like I'm make it crash so that you'll go, oh, crap, we need to be able to pay him so that he, he'll, you know, the team will not do that or whatever. So this, this, this to me is the challenge of perverse incentives. And, and I want to make it clear because I know you and I both are huge advocates and enthusiasts for open source software and the communities that it builds and the ability for people to use and see and extend software. I mean, it's that that's but, foundational for this whole conversation. I just feel like we're, we limit it. We, we've made it hard for people to have those values. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you're right. I, I am extremely a, a, a huge fan of, of open source and what I think it can provide long term. Right. We're still in the growing pains phases for sure. Um, but, you know, the, the thing is, is that people are like, oh, I, I need to be open so I can go in and change something if it's broke. Ninety nine percent of the people will not do that. 80 some percent of the people don't even look at the source code. And right. even with projects where you're like, oh, there's lots of participation. A lot of times the core, the, the, the hard sticky piece, not necessarily mm -hmm. hard to be, you know, Einstein, but you have to be dedicated and in there for a long time to understand and work in there. There's almost no projects that have a tremendous amount of con diverse contributors at the core. They're always on the edge. It's like, oh, I want this little, you know, I want the config file to be able to, you know, do this and I'll do a PR where the docs are wrong. You spelled something wrong. And that's totally for the, or the way you're using this API is wrong or somebody's rev diversion and I need to flip the bit. I, yeah. This is, we did our analysis and over five years, nobody except our team had contributed to the core and a whole bunch of people in our community were saying, I really want you to open source this thing that interfaces to IPMI so that I can fix my quirk. And yeah. because of the, the, the gymnastics we were doing to try and get people to pay, we were inhibiting the activities people wanted to collaborate with us on. It was driving me nuts. Which, it's like you said, it's, it's not, you know, you, you want to in incentivize the behavior you want to see. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's going to be a tough road. And if you look, you know, there's never going to be another Red Hat. There just won't. Um, and, and so I think companies today can make money on 
things that look or, or feel like open core or feel like support contracts or consultancy or NRE engagements. But I just don't think those are long-term propositions for companies. And if, if you're starting an open source company today and you are thinking, hey, I really want to see where this goes and, and know that even I'm the most optimistic person in terms of timing that you'll ever see. But I know that you'll think it'll take you a year and it'll you'll blink and it'll be five plus, right? So to, to get a long haul, you better have a different commercial strategy than just open core and, and support or consulting or whatever. And it has to look something, in my opinion, like, um, you know, move away from silo technologies. Everyone is complaining about, oh, Amazon's going to take my software and run it better than I am. And then I'm going to lose out. Well, don't make a silo technology. Make a technology that actually pulls value because it runs in all the clouds and the edge and things like that. You don't have to change. I'm not a big fan of people changing their license, trying to whack, you know, Amazon on the knuckles. To <laughs> I'm glad you said that. I, I think I think that's a that's a head scratcher. Although I do have an opinion. But keep going. Well, I know why they're doing it. I just don't know if that that I don't see that working long term. I mean, if it, I put them in timeout. It's a consequence, uh, but it's but this is the thing. Amazon is operating the software. This is exactly your point, right? They're operating it more effectively than the the. This is the broken model. If I haven't made my software easy to operate, then hell yeah, op- Amazon is going to come in and take the operational load off of my potential customers, and they're going to say, "Wow, you did a great thank you," and mm-hmm. that's a problem. It, and the, I mean, I'm not blaming the, the software creators for doing that. They're, they're, the incentive models we had told them you had to charge money there. And and we ended up with a perverse incentive system that Amazon is able to leverage. Yeah, and I, I really think it's, it, it, it is not incentivizing what we want to see. But I think it's kind of like the tax system, you know, corporate tax system too, right? Mm. So Amazon is just playing by the rules that have kind of been set up. And and I, I think, again, back to the healthcare analogy, I think it would have been better if they go, holy crap, we're running this software. We really don't have to do anything with the team that maintains it and R&Ds it. Yeah. We're charging a decent margin on it. So we're actually making money by running this. We should give some of that back to them. You know, I'm not saying give me 50% or 80%, but if Amazon said, hey, you know, pick, pick a, uh, you know, Redis, Cassandra, whatever, and said, this is great. You know, we're participating, but we also want to say, hey, we're actually making a decent amount of money. Here's 5% of what it's, we it's just made. Seed, it's a seed corn problem. That's right. They've, they're literally eating their, eating their seed corn, especially if they're scaring off the next generation of open source developers. Um, well, the other thing, too, that's messed up is, yeah. is that, you know, not messed up, but it kind of, again, disincentivizes is, you know, Amazon and Google are public companies, right? They are capitalist mm-hmm. structure, you know, beholden to their shareholders. Meaning if a shareholder says, so you pay these guys and gals, but you don't have to. If you didn't pay them, would anything change? Or would the profits go up and the margins go up and all this other stuff, right? So the, <laughs> the system is also weird, you know, that way. Well, but but here's if if... If somebody was doing that, I mean, look, if, if we went back to our open core days and the companies that were using our software without paying us because they didn't have to, were funneling money back in, you can bet we would be improving their operation. We'd be interacting with them, improving their operational performance and helping them run their business better. 
and it is strictly lost opportunity because that's the way we build our product, right? I mean, that's our, our vision is not to write software. Our vision is to improve people's operational efficiency, right? Eliminate data center toil. That's how we describe what we do. We don't say, oh, we're writing amazing data center automation software. It's we're reducing data center toil. That's the, right. That's the, the core. I totally agree with you. And I think where, where the, you know, where the issue comes in is, and, and you've been in this business a long time. You know, I have, I'm an engineer, but I've also run companies, been in charge of you know, trying to figure out how to market and sell things. It's always easier to sell an aspirin than a vitamin. It just is. Right. And again, that still feeds into the perverseness. I'll pay you because I'm sick, not because I want to be healthy type stuff. But the, the fact of the matter is, is that people paying for software are usually paying for an aspirin. Right. Um, meaning they, I, I'm in pain, make no, the pain true. go. Um, so if you're, if they're like, I'm really not in pain and you're saying I'm going to get healthier and lose 20 pounds and, and look like Brad Pitt, they might do that if they have, you know, capital, you know, fluff in their budgets stuff. But as soon as any of that squeezes a little bit, they go up, oh, nope, can't go to the gym anymore, you know, type stuff. Can't buy all the vitamins and all. And that's just, again, for the listeners who are thinking about starting an open source company or running one, um, you just keep that in mind. The, the way users and customers use your stuff and want to buy your stuff is how you have to sell it. And right now the bias is most people are buying an aspirin. They don't want to buy a vitamin, unfortunately, which stinks and I don't like it, but it is kind of a reality. Right? Strongly agree on that. So this has been one of the most rational conversations I've had about open source, <laughs> which I appreciate. Um, and I was, this Again, is what I was hoping you and I would do is be able to sit down and, and compare notes. Cause I, it sounds like you've, you're figuring, you figured out um, a licensing model that fits for you and, and, you know, and it helps it, you know, that it, it, you don't, you don't break the thing that, that you're building that you think is awesome and easy. Um, I know well, you're not all the way at the end of the journey well, yet, but. Yeah, we have a plan. We don't know if that plan is going to be successful. We're not profitable, right? You know, and, and I think, again, for the listeners who are thinking, oh, I'm going to start an open source company, um, the VC landscape has changed, right? The, the, mm-hmm. the days of oh, I get a million eyeballs and be losing a million dollars a month and, and someone's going to love me and fund me and buy me, I think are gone. And so you better have a commercial model in your head that, that you can rationalize and, and get behind. I, I would say the same is, is true for the customers that we're dealing with. They don't want to put software. I mean, for us, we're dealing with data centers and production infrastructure. There's no nonprofit data centers. You don't. <laughs> you just don't do that. Um, you, you know, you, you build servers and infrastructure to make money with it. Um, and yeah, the idea that I'm going to put an open source project in there and and hope that I get support or hope that the project is sustained. Um, I that's that makes me scratch my head it's it if you're using software and you don't know the how the 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 developers sustaining that software have you know are are fed and and actually if it's valuable for you if they see the rewards for that then i i that's not a license question (laughs) that is a sustaining question and and you need everybody should be asking how their it's you know how their how their supply chain of software is sustained yeah. And, and to be honest with you, these these governance bodies, right, who I think are also going through some of these growing pains and such, 
um, are starting to, to, in my opinion, knee jerk around the notion of, oh, we, we need diversity in, in the projects so that we don't have a bus of one. They don't really ask, how do we make the ecosystem sustainable from like what you and I are talking about, which is, you know, how do you feed the people that are actually maintaining and doing the R&D on this type of stuff? So the governance bodies are just saying, oh, let's just make sure that Google and Netflix are both participating. And so they're probably not going to go away. So the project won't go away. And and I, I, I understand the motivation. I just don't know if I totally agree yet with that. Right. I think there's there's different personalities of, of projects. And I think the sustainability of the ecosystem that is not being driven by someone who has indirect revenue like Google. Right. Um, yes. Is important. And right now, they just look away from that problem because that's just a hard problem. But they will literally say, oh, I got, I got to go. My phone's ringing. And they'll walk out of the room type stuff. Um, this is, well, we, we see this all the time. I mean, I, I'm, I, you know, I haven't, we haven't said the word OpenStack yet. Um, but that's, you know, one, OpenStack is losing sponsors like crazy. SUSE dropped out. I wouldn't say like crazy. They're, they're, they've been losing sponsors. Um, and, you know, so SUSE drops out, that's the number two sustainer. You're into a single vendor project. Um, yeah. And they had the same question when HP pulled out, you know. Um, and so you never know what's going to happen with this stuff. And expecting it to be sustained as a, um, a exhaust gas from some somebody's other business uh, yeah. is not, I mean, that startups live and die for making sure the product that they're supporting works. You're right. Google, their business doesn't care if Kubernetes goes away. Nope. Thank you, care less. Thank you, care less. Amazon would be delighted. They just sell you their version of container management. Bar and yeah, Fargate, whatever it's called. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's no, it, I mean, we've done a, I mean, Kubernetes done an amazing job of building an ecosystem with vendors and, and there's a bigger ecosystem starting to spin up around it. And the landscape, um, people should listen to Stephen and I rant about landscape pictures, but um, the, the, you know, I, that landscape has become littered with all sorts of little projects. What matters or doesn't? I mean, I know Nats is in there. Um, well, it's an idea. Yeah. I mean, and the CNCF knows that they know that's, and that's what I mean by that growing pain stuff. You know, they know that. And um, yeah, yeah, it's it's um, it, it's an interesting world. But again, it, we talked earlier about this notion of what's the consumer bias and is it trending towards free? Well, if the main contributors in a project make revenue in other ways and it's starting to take off, you have to realize that the consumer bias will quickly shift to they think it should be free. The other thing that's interesting that you were talking about with OpenShift is most people who have been in technology for some amount of time understand velocity, right? And understand uh, the velocity of a technology or a project. And so mm -hmm. there's always this trailing end where you knew the velocity had slowed and now was going you know, downwards, but people who have sunk costs and stuff, right, it'll trail off. So for me, and I'm not saying I, I do this well or not, but I try to really think hard about Am I going to put time into a technology that I'm going to develop, let's say, that I think will be able to survive over a decade? And I've been very fortunate. The stuff at Tipco has lasted over two decades now. Cloud Foundry is still kind of kicking around, and I think it'll have a, you know, a second wind as that pendulum swings back. But people who sit there and say, hey, Kubernetes is the greatest instance sliced bread, I go, 
do you do you remember how fast Docker went up? And then you know people who know <laughs> still around, but Docker lost its velocity very quickly. What two and a half, three years ago? Um, and so we're seeing a lot of these technologies where people quickly navigate to them aren't really decade plus technologies. Uh, I'm not saying Kubernetes will be or won't be. I don't know the answer to it. I just know that if you look backwards, um, you know, the, the cycles are shortening and the, the acceleration and deceleration are increasing, right? We're going up faster and we're coming down faster in a, in a way shorter period of time than let's say 20 years ago. Yeah, and I, actually it's, and, and we should, we need to wrap up in, in, a, in a minute or two. And this is, this is one of those, <laughs> without Stephen, you know, like, hitting the punch clock for me, I, I think we could go for an hour. Um, and this, you know, and for people listening, this, you know, this is, Derek and I just wanted to talk about open source. It's actually what led to the podcasts coming up and, and this challenge. Um, in some ways, because we're both in businesses that rely on open source technologies and, and we needed the beer. Uh, <laughs> I wish we'd had a real beer to, to, to commiserate with on. Um, Sheesh. Yeah. I, yeah. I think, I think Kube is, it's, it's great to see it, but I, I do, I think that there's some really significant architectural things that, that are, that are, that are, that are might get solved, but I, I don't see, you know, we, we've stuffed it. It's become the answer to every problem. Yeah. And that's um, that pendulum, right? We just, we're, we're swung yeah. way too far one way and we're in a swing back the other way. I, I think there's, there is going to be a middle ground where we're going to sort this stuff out and deployment will have as a first class citizen, um, you know, workloads like containers or, you know, things that fit in a container, also serverless functions as a service, however you want to define those. And I think we'll switch back and, and start looking at PaaS as the good parts, you know, kind of like Crockford writing the good parts of JavaScript. There's good parts of platform as a service in terms of making your life a lot easier as an app developer not a, you know, a, a, a server racking uh, person type stuff. And so I think we'll sort it out. Um, it, it'll just take a little while. And it, it, hopefully the audience won't be surprised if the, the true winners at the end aren't what you expected. That's all. <laughs> and might not even be open. Might not. Um, and this, this to me is the, I, I'm hoping... And this to me is one of the objectives for the for the discussion, right? I'm just it feels to me like people are starting to ask these smart questions about their supply chain and who's who, you know, how is the technology being maintained and how do I get continuity and how do I get support? And boy, I want it to be simpler. And they're starting to realize that you know, sometimes writing a check is is not, you know, proprietary is not a curse. Um it's a it's a company. Well, I agree, but it, I also feel strongly it shouldn't be a forcing function to return mm. value back to the developers. And right now, yeah, you know, I wish I wish I, I've I had this fight in in my own org for quite some time, hoping that we we wouldn't have to come to that answer. Um, yeah, and I, I it, you know, it, somebody else wants to wants to get on Lady Shiny and, and yell at me about how stupid I am it, that it should just be simple, and if we just put it out there, I'd love to hear it because. I certainly well, feel it, like if it is simple, pay for it. If it brings value to you as an organization and your organization makes money, right? So yeah. I'm not saying, you know, um, but the ones that make a lot of money, you know, pay for it. Pay for it. Yeah. 
I, or give back somehow, right? Support. I, and, and everyone says, oh, we want to contribute. You know, it's like, again, I, I think that's a fallacy. Most highly valuable open source projects have very few core contributors. It's just the way it, it works. Well, and that's, that's, if somebody was to come to us and try and contribute to the core, even, even into the curated uh, ecosystem stuff that we do, the likelihood they're going to, they're actually going to cost us time to validate, check, fix, you know, and all that. It's, it fly, fly by contributions outside of docs or, you know, peripheral stuff require a degree of expertise that, um, then I don't want people to not do it. I, we love like people do our plan our Kubernetes stuff all the time and it's amazing, but I'll tell you that the stuff that some, that some of these people are adding, we can't go down and chase the rat, the rabbit holes on, on some of the stuff that they're putting into the community stuff. It, it should be great, but I, it's 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 paying me to support it. I can't make guarantees. Yeah, it's inefficient use of funds, but people struggle extremely badly when trying to compare capex with sunk opex, especially if it's headcount, meaning it's my time. Um, everyone is awful at that, and so if you say, "Hey, if you give me ten thousand dollars, I'll get it done in two weeks," and they go, "Ah, we're going to submit a PR in a week," and the next thing you know, it's three months later, and it finally gets merged and. You look at the totality of time and dollars spent in time, it dwarfs whatever the NRE would have been, even though people get sticker shock because they they simply can't compare capex to some you know headcount opex. They they really can't. I, I, this and this is one of the ones we we see all the time. It's like oh, I'll just do it myself. I'll whatever. And you're like, it's not just whether you can do it. It's the architecture. It's the resilience. It's what's going to happen when it breaks. And then even more importantly. What you really want to do is you want to be paying for it so that somebody breaks with somebody else and the fix shows up without you having to, to do anything because somebody else yeah. said it first. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, look, this is a, a conversation. I, I know <laughs> we, we've got the, the host trying to pull the, the ripcord on us, so, um, and I need to get to a meeting in a couple minutes, but uh, this was really good. So really interesting. I'd love to follow up after this um, with both of you guys. And uh, thank you. I really, I really appreciate it. I, I learned a lot. 